we have to take more ownership, you know, and more personal responsibility because healthy love, fulfilling love does not just magically happen. It's like all of us, every human has our own blueprint from childhood, our inherited trauma, our distorted belief systems, betrayals from past relationships, and all of that plays into how we interact in relationships. You're listening to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are in everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose, and you're the kind of person who gets after it, no matter what, this show is for you, and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with us, and I'm super excited to have Malia on the podcast today. I'm so excited. Um, We actually just filmed a podcast on a show on her podcast, and I'm just so happy to be here with you. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to to be back with you. Yeah. Last time we did our podcast, I think I was in Mammoth on a snowboard trip. So I always like to kind of let everybody know where we are. So I'm at home. I'm tuning in from my house in San Diego, and you're in Florida, right? Yes, I'm in Pensacola, Florida. Amazing. Cool. Well, without further ado, Malia is, we actually connected. I have like so much to say, and then I'll get to your bio. We actually connected because we have the same person who supports us in our business, which is just really fun to be connected that way. And we both work with Marie. But Malia is a trauma-informed dating and relationship coach for women. Her work focuses on supporting women in healing from past pain that impacts their love, attracting their ideal partner, and developing the skills for a lasting and fulfilling relationship. So beautiful. Such a big thing to be working around. That's so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's such delicate, tender work. And it's also so expansive and just like life-giving. And what I also often hear from my clients is that they're like, you know what? You know, when they like complete our work together, they're like, I came to you for relationships or for dating and I got so much more, you know, so much more about like myself and my own, who I am and my sense of self and my own personal healing. And I think that's, that's exactly it. You know, relationships are the, it's the doorway. And then what we actually, how we improve our relationships or have the relationship we want to attract our ideal partner is through ourselves, who we are and and how we feel about ourselves and our barriers to love and our ability to overcome our patterns, you know, so it's very fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? I, I, you know, so see that, right. It's like your relationship that you have with other people, it's you or like your business or your relationship, right. It just all comes down to you. So I'm assuming a majority of the work that you do is actually on the inner landscape with people. Like what tell me i guess what is like the main kind of work that you do with women in your programs yeah, yeah it, it, the main way i work with women is through my mentorship program it's a 3 month group mentorship program so where we start is like the deeper subconscious somatic pulling back the layers uh working with their nervous system so that they feel safe enough to to access those those deeper darker more hidden parts of themselves and then once we do that work to really see what are you carrying what sort of patterns have you been reenacting what is not working for you in relationship then we're able to have more capacity to create change to actually rewire those patterns to have more clarity over i do want this i don't want this And then we can take more action that's actually aligned and inspired. And after probably about uh, like the halfway mark, so like, what is that? A month and a half into working together, we start to look more externally. So it always starts internal, of course. And then we're like, okay, 
if you know, some of my clients are dating. So we're like, okay, let's look at the dating apps. Let's look at how you're interacting on dates. Let's look at the conversations you're having. We start to look at that more tangible piece mm. or clients are in a relationship. So we look at, okay, what is not working in that relationship? What are the conversations? What's the conflict? But we really, those strategies aren't, they don't, we can't really create much change in that external if we're just focused on that. So that's yeah. why we internal and then it, it kind of comes full circle. And then, and then you have, like I said, just so much more capacity to create that change to actually, because, the, you know, we can have awareness over, I'm repeating this pattern. Like I'm attracting really like emotionally, maybe like just unavailable men, but, yeah. but it's stopping. Like the pattern is not stopping with simply awareness. So that's why we start with, okay, let's create an environment in your system where it's safe enough to actually step into a new pattern because that new pattern is going to be unfamiliar. It's going to feel really scary. You're not going to like know how to do it quite yet because it's new. And if I don't feel safe enough to do that or have the tools to emotionally regulate in that experience, I'm not going to do it. My body will not do it. Right. So I think that's a lot of people feel stuck and they're like, they can tell me or, you know, maybe they're talking to their girlfriends and they're like, why is this happening? And the awareness is there, but then there's the gap of how do we actually change that? So good. And I feel like, right. Like you might be listening to this and you're like, I'm there right now. Or if you're not there right now, you've totally been there at some point. And it's so, I just love the way you said that. I mean, it's so true. It's like, you have this pattern and you might be so I kind of feel like, right, you might have had all this development in your life, or maybe you you used to be this way, but now you've grown and evolved in your life, but you're still in the same relationship pattern loop. So, so good, so important. And I want to ask, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, needing to, like, look at your inner landscape and maybe change some things. And I know you posted something recently, whether it was like on TikTok or whatever, that went viral, and it was about how you actually, or we actually have to change, you know, when we're in a relationship sometimes in order to have a healthy one. And I was reading, like some people were like, that's BS. Like you don't have to change. Like you just be your normal like self. And so I would love to hear you talk about that. Like, cause that is, you know, I think so many people are, are just like, you know, you can get tripped up on that. Like what do I change? What part of me is authentic that should just be loved anyway? And what part do I have to change? So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I love that you bring this up because that's been really top of mind for me because that TikTok just like randomly went viral. And the the theme of the comment section was a good comment section. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little wild. I was cracking up. but, But I think it's important to really I was like, I'm listening to these people, like something is really triggering them about what I've presented here. And if something's triggering us, there's obviously something there, right? And so the theme was, why do we need to change in order to uh, receive, like be worthy of love, basically. Mm. And I get why that's upsetting. I get why we wanna push against that and say like, no, I deserve to be loved just as I am. And, when we really look at how a lot of people are behaving and interacting in relationships, they are wearing masks, you know, they are uh, like people pleasing, they're chasing this external validation, and all of that is not authentic. Mm-hmm. So when I, this idea of doing the work on ourselves to actually have a healthy, fulfilling relationship, yes, you are going to need to change. But that change is about becoming more of who you are, more authentic. And I think like we really have to, like we have to take more ownership, you know, and more personal responsibility because healthy love, fulfilling love does not just magically happen. It's like all of us, every human has our own blueprint from childhood, our inherited trauma, our distorted belief systems, betrayals from past relationships, and all of that plays into how we interact in relationships. And I'm not saying that we need to get it perfect and that, you know, we need to like 
distort and, and morph into someone else to be able to be loved by like the person we want to be loved by. No, I'm saying the opposite. The work we need to do is to look at all that, you know, the people in the comment section, look at why this is triggering you, <laughs> you know, like yeah. your resistance, look at the fears you have, that fear that comes up that says, no, I want to be loved for who I am. Well, listen to that, right? And and in what ways are you not loving yourself the way you are? You know, and in what ways I teach my clients to look at every man or every relationship in their life as a teacher. It's teaching you something. It's showing you something about yourself. And you'll either choose to see that and learn that lesson and integrate it and look at that part of you, or you'll repeat it in the next relationship. That's yeah. So good. What I'm hearing too is like, you know, so often we're living out in these trauma responses. I mean, I hate to just say trauma. It's like the experience of being a human, whether it's a pattern or a whatever, or you just call it trauma, right? But we're living in these patterns or these trauma responses. And in a relationship or just, you know, it's our work to move past that and like to shift out of that and connect to our authentic selves so that we can really, I mean, when you're in a, a pattern, you know, there's this energy of blocking the love or blocking the connection. And this is really interesting because I think for a lot of my life, when I was in relationships before the one I'm in now, which I will vouch, I'll say like definitely my biggest teacher ever, we were like opposite we're kind of like opposite people in a relationship. So there's a lot to learn. But, you know, for a long time, I was like, this is who I am. This is just how I am. And it's interesting, you know, in past relationships. And I find that there's a lot of what I've seen in like the coaching industry of relationships stuff. Like people will be like, you need to do this or you need to do, well, you just like think of an example. They're like, you need to like thank your man or you need to do this or you need to do that. So there's a lot of this like, blanket sort of advice. And when I was trying to figure out like, how do I be more authentically myself? I had a really hard time because I would, I would try to listen to like relationship teachers or tantra teachers and be like, oh, maybe I need to like relax and receive more, but that wasn't actually authentic to me in the moment. So it's this whole like, you know, kind of yo-yo back and forth, but I've sort of found, you know, what that is for me, but it took like trying things on and being like, no, that wasn't it. So I'm curious if you can speak on that mm. at all or how your work is in that way of, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's this, this is how you should be in a relationship. And some of it is true, but then you have to yeah. kind of, like twist it to actually, you know, yeah. being real. Yeah, it's so nuanced because in each relationship, it's going to be unique, right? And then we have two unique individuals and those unique individuals have their patterns, trauma, wounding, beliefs, fears, perception of the world, like individually, right? So it's very complex. And that's why the core of my work is about helping women develop the ability to deeply trust themselves so mm -hmm. learn a lot of skills of like this might work you can try this really understanding the energetics of men the energetics of the feminine like what is really like required in a healthy relationship a lot of skill building but then we bring in the embodiment as well so okay like how would you know to, to you might want to use this skill how would you know now is the time to bring up this desire and trusting herself enough to pull out those tools or those skills or that like vulnerability, whatever it is. Yeah. Moment. And, and that really requires you to be attuned to yourself and also to your partner. And like, there's just no one size fits all because I've seen it in my own relationship. I'm like, I have all the tools, like, you know, I teach this and then I like go to practice in my relationship and it's like crash and burn, you know, I'm like, what? Yeah. It's supposed to work. <laughs> and yeah. that's the practice of relationship. It's like, okay, let me humble myself. Let me truly hear what my partner's saying. How mm -hmm. could I meet him? And I think a lot of times 
it can be frustrating because so much of relationship work is personal work. And it's like, yeah, but my partner should be doing this. And it's like, no, that's not the way to actual intimacy. The way through is, okay, let me take a breath. Okay, let me hear what he's saying. I want to be validated, but let me actually validate him. It's like that willingness to go first. And that's the most humbling thing, but it, it really is the way to feeling seen that that intimacy feeling safe like we have to share with our partner how we how we want to be treated as well yeah that's so good and the the self trust piece which i i just love you and your work so much it's so parallel to what we do and and you know kind of like a different world not in relationships as much but it's like the self trust is the most important piece because if you're you know telling someone like to authentically share or to do this or to do that you have to first like tune into yourself and go is this safe or is this true and it's just so the self-trust piece is so important because you can't take any blanket advice even if it's really solid epic awesome relationship advice if it doesn't feel safe I mean I've seen stuff out there online it's like you've got to like worship your man it's like well if it if you're not in a place where that's okay to do now or like maybe there's something else you've got to do first so I so important that like tapping into self-trust and oh my god I mean yeah it it requires so much compassion and I heard you say too like my partner should do this it's like not being an entitlement but being in you know, compassion and understanding and God, that it's just such a, it's a, so it's such deep work. It's so amazing that you do it. I'm like jumbled up talking about it because it is so much. Yeah. I mean, there's so many energies at play, you know, and yeah, it's like the ability to like, I think so often we want to, we want just like the answer. We're like, is this the person I'm meant to be with? Like, is this guy healthy, you know? And we want this and a lot of my clients will sometimes come to me with those questions and I'll come back to them and ask, what do you think? What do you feel? And they might say, oh, I I kind of feel this. Okay. And and like, I I think I'm going to like, I think I like him or whatever they they're feeling. Okay. How do you know? How do you know? Where does that come from? So it starts to train their own ability to do that themselves. And that's my entire intention when I work with clients is when we're complete in our work together, they have that kind of roadmap to inquire with all the stuff that's going to come up for them because relationship is a wild place to be. You know, it's like so often we are focused on like, you know, women who are single right now. It's like, okay, I just need to like find the right partner. All right. Well, what happens when you find them? (laughs) Because it's a whole nother journey to go on to align together and to build a life together and to navigate conflict together. So it's like, we have to really see it as this like forever unfolding, beautiful mystery. But if we have those really deep embodied uh, skills and practices, that really always comes back to trusting yourself, then you can really open to love mm-hmm. because the other option is we're going to be guarded and we're going to be terrified of getting hurt or making the wrong decision. Yeah. And the truth is, yeah, you might make a wrong turn or you might like, you know, I have to face the truth that at any moment, my fiance could be like, I don't want to be with you. And I believe that to truly love someone, we love them in a way that they're free. You know, so like my fiance is free at any moment to say, I don't want to be with you. And if he does, okay, I would be heartbroken, but I can navigate that, that emotion, you know? And so I'm not going to hold back my love because that's a possibility. I'm going to trust myself that I can be with heartbreak. I can be with disappointment. And so in that, I get to open to the fullness of love. God, that's so good. Like when you first said that, I was like, what? But then I'm like, yeah, that's how... I like so agree with you on that piece because it's that abundant being in that abundant place of like being able to be who you are and be trusting and be open. And if you're in a relationship, you know, where you're just trying to make sure they don't leave you, you're not you, right? It's like then you're having these other patterns and things come into play and you're not really free to be 
authentic and totally connected. Yeah. And that's a really hard place to come to, you know, because we want certainty. Like I want to know how it's going to work out. And I've, you know, I've been there. I got divorced when I was right before I turned 20 or 21. Sorry. So I got married at 18, divorced at 20. This was like 11 years ago at this point. And so then I started to believe like, I will never get married again, you know? And it's like, no, I just associated that pain with marriage. It's not that marriage or love or men are bad. That experience was painful and I navigated it and it turned into more power, personal power and wisdom and brought me to where I am today. So it's like, I feel like we really tap into our, our power when we trust that life is a mystery and I can either resist it or I can open to it. And same with love, like love is totally a mystery and I can either open to it and enjoy it to the fullest, or I can resist it and be terrified of it and like guard myself and, you know, Yeah. I'm so curious and I'll be totally candid and honest. I want to ask, because I know a lot of people have this, what you just described, like, you know, whether they had bad relationships in the past or people cheated on them or things went wrong. And then, then, then they're living and, you know, is this going to happen again? Is this person going to leave me? And I, I know from a trauma standpoint, like, you know, how all that stuff works, but I'm really curious you know, how you would work with someone to move past that and open themselves up to something else. And what I was saying, I'll be totally candid is that I don't have that part of me. And it's super interesting. Now I understand how trauma works in the body. So now I get why. But I've been in many relationships where I've been cheated on almost all of them, actually, besides the one I'm in now and the one before, but a lot of them like that's been a thing. And I have zero trust issues. I have zero thought of that ever happening. Like it's never impacted me, but it's interesting because I started to understand how trauma worked. And I read this thing one time that, you know, only some people have PTSD when they go to war and it depends on how their family was. So I think when I was, or I know when I was zero to 12 or zero to nine years old, there was never a breach of trust. I never had any trust things. So when there were breaches of trust, when I was an adult, it didn't hit me as trauma. It just hit me as something. So it's really interesting. I don't have that pattern. And because of that, I'm so curious to hear how you work with someone around that. I mean, I guess we just use cheating as an example, but really like just a shitty relationship. And how do you move forward and open mm-hmm. yourself up to something good in a safe way? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important to speak to with the trauma piece. I think it was, I think this could be wrong, but I think it was Peter Levine that says probably what happened, it's how our body responded to what happened or processed what happened. So like, yeah, two people could be cheated on and then the impact of that can be totally different depending on our system as a whole. So I used to be like, am I crazy? Like, am I just like stupid? Like, because I never would, I but still to this day, it's just never stored in my body that way. You're like, am I like, is this so in my subconscious? Like, is it deeper? <laughs> like, do I need to like reevaluate my like rational thinking? But yeah, it just didn't, didn't hit me. Yeah. So where I would begin with this is to allow the body to process, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing that happened, even though like for me, when I started processing, like the, when I was married, it was really abusive and it took me probably about three years to like truly start addressing that. I went to talk therapy right after it happened, but that was like just kind of scratching the surface. So like at that point it was like three years ago. I'm like, I'm past this. I'm over this. Like, let's move on, you know? And, and I wasn't, my body was not over it. Like I was holding on to these deep beliefs and fears from that experience. So the first step is to really resolve those feelings in the body. Let your body actually feel what it needs to feel. Like I had to go through anger, allow myself to be angry at him, allow myself to be the like scared, naive, innocent little girl that was like, what the fuck is happening to me? I had to let myself feel like the shame of it, the guilt of it, the disappoint, I disappoint, like, um layers of disappointing 
people in my life because I didn't like live up to the certain, you know, illusion or expectation. So I had to process a lot of that somatically through the body. And thankfully I had some, a guide, a mentor in my life that guided me through that. So that's really where I start with my clients is like, let's feel it. Let's process it. And let's not gaslight ourselves where we're like, yeah, but you know, uh, other people have it worse. It wasn't that bad. Or I shouldn't be feeling this. It doesn't make any sense why I would feel shame about this. It's like, let's leave all of that out for a minute and let's like, let the actual feeling body feel. Mm. So that's not really linear. You know, that can kind of continue. Honestly, sometimes I'll still have little moments of like, ah, just like letting out anger or like residual kind of stuff come up from that and just making the space for that. And then it's about looking at, okay, what did, what story did I create from that? From my experience, I made this story that well, marriage is bad, right? Or relationships are unsafe. Yeah. And that's not all men lie. <laughs> men are liars. Yeah. And that is not necessarily true. You know, right. men, maybe they've had like four relationships in their life and all of those men have lied to them. Okay. That's hard to go through. And that is four men. You are making an assumption on billions of men based on four men. Okay. So, so good. That, I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, and still, I just want to like validate that that is hard because we know what we've experienced, right? So like that experience, we hyper-focus on what we've experienced. It's familiar to us. Yeah. So then we start to uncover some of that. And now we start to change the story, like flip the script. What is it that you want to experience a, let's say healthy, safe, loving relationship? Okay, so what sort of belief systems or story do you need to live into that would energetically match that, right? And then it's that work of like actually changing those patterns. Okay, the, the woman who gets to have that, well, she communicates even when it's scary. And the woman who has that, she believes men are good, they, they are trustworthy and they have integrity. The woman who gets to have that, she you know takes care of herself and holds her value. It's like, that's your work is to step into that. But I think where a lot of people start is there. And it's really hard to step into that when I haven't resolved all that residual stuff that's just lingering in my body. And so it's really hard to actually have that relationship when I'm still projecting all that stuff from my past. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. It's so good. I love that so much. It's just feeling it, you know, you said something so incredible that I forget, but you just said it and it was amazing, but it was about that, like letting yourself actually feel it. I forget the way that you said it was so amazing and then going out and going, okay, well, what do I need to change or who do I need to hold myself to? And, and what I'm hearing too, just to, you know, have this differentiation, it's not, I'm assuming, right. Like I need to be this different type of a person or I need to, you know, be someone else. It's really stepping into more of your authenticity and more of who you want to be. It's like, I've got to be the kind of person who does this, who communicates. And it's not like, you know, to go back to what we were saying, it's not like you're becoming someone who you're not. It's being more of your true authentic self is what I'm hearing. So I want to make that differentiation because it's never about you know, becoming someone else. It's mm -hmm. never, and I talk about this too with people and, you know, you want to make more money. It's like, you don't have to be someone else. Don't like go wear different clothes and be, it's like, no, just see where you want to be a different kind of person or like closer to your higher self or closer to your authenticity. So you can really receive what you want in life. It's not becoming someone else. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's being closer to yourself. It's like a really knowing yourself. And that alone can be difficult and scary to truly own your desire, to truly own yourself, because it's scary. Like it can be easier to sort of people please or like self-sacrifice or like all of that type of space. But when I really step into my authentic self and someone doesn't like me, then I'm actually being rejected for my authentic self. And that's really scary. You know, that threatens our sense of, of belonging. And again, like 
I just had a client session a little bit earlier and we were discussing, you know, this like being unconditionally loved, right? And like, how will we ever reach feeling unconditionally loved by a partner, a friend, whoever? And why is that so horrifying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're just (laughs) trying to please them and fit in the box and live up to the expectations, that's not authentic. Like I can't be unconditionally loved. Who is this person I'm even trying to be? You know? So that's really what it is all about is unraveling all those layers to be more true to to who you are. That's so good. And I want to have, I was going to ask you like, why is it so scary? But you said you're like, it threatens our sense of belonging in our, you know, like you guys listening to this, you probably know this by now, but right. Like all these patterns our nervous system and blah, blah, blah. It's all to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. So we're like exposing ourselves in this new and like horrifying territory. But the flip side is actually, it's actually safer over here. It's actually so much better. Yeah. And it's like, we have to establish that new baseline of safety. So I think like a lot of us, we've been raised to, to have this sort of like idea of safety, but it's this false sense of safety. Right. I think when we start to do that nervous system work and self-regulation, it's like, oh, this is what true safety is. Because otherwise, like a lot of people will go towards control as a way to feel safe. But that's not true safety. You know what I mean? Like, because we actually really don't have control over very much at all. (laughs) But we've been trained, our system has been trained to like control equal safety, do that, do that. And then when we start to open up to trusting and like surrendering, it feels, it feels scary because we don't know it, but there's actually more like pure, true safety there. It's like where we're meant to be. We've just been conditioned to, to not know it. God, why do we have nervous systems? Like, why is it so, (laughs) you're like, why? It's so funny because it's just so counterintuitive right we're like I that control I mean you hit it right on it's like if I'm controlling and I have my guard up then they're never going to do this and I'm always going to be in control and then it's miserable to be in that place I can definitely say firsthand and to get from there to safety and open and being authentic is a freaking journey and that's why it's Mm -hmm. so amazing that you're doing the work that you do and I would love to here, right? For someone who's, you know, in that spot, and I have so many questions, but we'll go with this one. Like when someone is in that spot, what are, what do you find to be the main like safety poles or green flags in a relationship? Because what's important is, you know, you can't just jump into something new or you know, and go, okay, well, I'm going to open up and I'm going to be authentic because it might not be safe. So how does someone gauge that something is a a good, safe place for them to be in relationship regardless of what their past has been? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say so many directions to go. I would say the, the number one green flag I encourage people to look for is willingness if there's a willingness from the other person to understand you to validate you to hold space for you to share with you about themselves to grow then that Mm. is a like green fucking flag like i love that i love the willingness because we're not going to get it right every time you know sometimes my partner tells me things and i'm like whoa this is overwhelming to me but I, I have the willingness to, to sit with him in that discomfort, you know, so we don't need some, we're not looking for the perfect partner, the perfect person. But if that person has a willingness, then that's, that's a really good sign. You know, the, the ability for someone to validate you, I, I find that validating ourselves, like sourcing our own validation is one of the ways to build our own inner safety. So same thing in relationship, like, is this person able to say, like, even in the uncomfortable moments, hey, it makes sense what you're saying. Hey, I hear you. Even if you're in conflict, even if you're disagreeing, the ability for someone to kind of meet you and say, 
your perspective is valid too. I don't agree with it, but it's valid. Yeah. Don't have that. It doesn't have to be word for word what I just said, but that energy, that kind of like ability to meet you there. If we don't have that, then it become it can become really dangerous territory. You know, if someone's saying, no, that's not how you feel, that's unhealthy, right? Yeah. Validation, willingness. And I think just like if you feel safe enough to mm. bring yourself to the table, to be yourself, like your silly side, your sad side, your crazy side, like dancing in the kitchen side, like you feel safe enough to to bring those parts of you. And I think the reason I find this conversation a little bit challenging is because it depends if you like, it's not always on the other person. Like we also have personal responsibility to like communicate the hard things and bring all those different sides of us. So it's like, it's kind of a complex conversation. But yeah, I think the last one I'll say is the willingness of that other person to to kind of meet you in the vulnerability Mm -hmm. so like sharing about themselves as well right like they don't have to tell you all their deepest darkest secrets right up front but like their ability to get a little bit below the surface and i remember when i first met my fiance and he would share things about like traumatic things in his childhood or like his process around like his past divorce things like that like it really showed me he has a level of emotional intelligence, which then helped me to feel safe with him. So good. I, that's it's so beautiful. And the willingness I've, yeah, that's like the most important thing, right? Because if you're willing, wow. you don't really have to come into the relationship with any skill sets or anything, but if you're willing, right, like not even to work on yourself, but work on the relationship or willing to get through the argument in a way that actually makes sense. Like, if you have that, you can figure everything else out mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And like willingness that might be like willingness to hire a coach, willingness to like learn the skill, you know? And then of course, like the, now we need integrity, like the follow through of that, of course. Yeah. But I think willingness is just, it's, it's sexy. Like mm-hmm. it's this ownership of, I don't have it all figured out. And sometimes like, it's, I, it's really hard for me to understand my partner in certain moments, but the willingness of like, share more. Can you explain that in a different way? Mm. Like that provides such safety. Yeah. I love it too, because, you know, it's willingness on both sides. And like, even if someone's not meeting the mark or they're not like, haven't figured it out yet, it's like, well, are you willing to explore something else with them? And that's on, you know, what I'm hearing from you too, is it's not just on them to be willing. It's like, are you willing? Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to find something like, you know, you can hear it in my tone. It's like, well, that didn't work, but are we willing to find something else that works? And that willingness, it's, you know, we didn't even hardly touch on this, but it's, you've got to have that too. It's, it's not that sense of entitlement, like they've got to be willing. It's like, both people bringing that to the table. Yeah. And I see that a lot with women because we tend to be a little bit more like we're the, we're, we go first when it goes to like spiritual growth and like yeah. wanting the most out of life and like manifesting, setting intentions, growing. And so I see this a lot in my work is like women are on that level and they're like kind of looking at their partner. Like, are you going to do it? You know, like, are you able to meet me in this way? And like, why aren't you prioritizing your spirituality or your personal? Yeah. And it's like, like, step up, dude. I've been in like three women's circles this month. Yeah. Like, where the fuck is your? <laughs> yeah, I will say I've seen that a lot too. And I've also sort of, um, you know, you have that question in your own life again of like, how much is too much of you growing and them not growing? Or when do you encourage it? When do you not? How do you navigate that? So I'd love, I'd love for you to riff on that a little bit. Like I've had that question directly from clients, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause you do this work I and mean, people come into my programs and they have this full freaking transformation. You heal your trauma and you do this. You're like going wild in your career, like all this stuff. And then you look at your partner and you're like, where the <laughs> hell are you? So what, what do you have for that? Yeah, I have so many thoughts on this. And I think the first place, like where we begin, is to step away from 
like, so if you're creating the story around, you're not meeting me, you're like, we have all these, we're interpreting his behavior in these ways, we're going to see him in that way. Yeah, like but I'm then, better than you. Yeah. And then we'll start to mother him and nag him and like, energetically just coming towards him from a place of you need to do better is going to trigger the most common from what I see the like kind of insecurity that gets triggered in the masculine mm-hmm. is I'm not doing enough. So oftentimes when a, when a woman comes to their partner, who's a man and says like, Oh, I want more of this or like some sort of thing they're expressing. The man's like their immediate place they go to is you I'm not doing enough. Like they feel triggered. And as if I'm saying you're not doing enough, but that's not even what I'm saying. Right. And it makes sense because the masculine's main objective is to like be goal oriented and protect, provide. And so that feels like it's threatened in those moments. Mm. So how do we get on the same page? How do we actually, it's about inspiring our partner Mm. rather than controlling them, nagging them, mothering them. And that's Mm. our power as women, as the feminine, feminine is to inspire and evoke and be the oracle, be the embodiment of, you know, they just completed your program. Great. Use that to create a life you love, but bring your partner along with you. You know, like, I don't know who said this originally, but one of my mentors said it to me. The person with the most regulated nervous system in the room is the most powerful person in the room. So congrats. You're now the most powerful person in the room and (laughs) you have a responsibility to bring maybe certain practices into the relationship. An easy one I recommend is a relationship check-in. Do it once a month and just check in. How are we feeling? Do we need anything different? What's something I did this month that made you feel really loved? Is there anything that I'm you're saying I'm not hearing like a, you know, I have a PDF I can send you if, if some of your listeners want, want it. Really great place to start. Helps us to know we're in alignment together and it kind of helps us to like merge together. So that's one place to start. And another is to respect your man, like trust him, trust that he is the leader of his own life. Okay. You are not his mother. He does not need a mother from you. He needs a lover. So see the ways that he's already showing up for you. See the ways that he's showing up for himself. Mm-hmm. My fiance doesn't meditate every morning like I do. Does that mean that he's not, you know, in his power? No. So what I do is I look at the, his little rituals that he does that connects him to him. Mm-hmm. They don't have to look the same as mine. But instead of looking at like the podcast he listens to, I was like, why are you listening to that? I'm like, look at him enjoying that. It's connecting him to his spirit. That's beautiful. I, I admire that. Right. So yeah, I could go on, but I, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's so good. And it's, you know, I, I got the inspired piece and also just what I'm hearing. And, and I, I totally had to, uh, learn this one in my life. It's like, get off your high horse and look at the person in front of you for how amazing they are. And I I think we get into these patterns where we're like, I'm better than, I don't know. Is this like a woman thing or like just something that we do? (laughs) Like one of our, one of our responses, but we're like, I know everything I, I get in this. Like, this is kind of one of my there's a million ways to say it, like a shadowy or like whatever. It's like, I know everything. I have all these tools. Like we get into this entitlement place and we forget to look across the room about how amazing the person is in front of you. And, you know, if you can't do that, I mean, that's so, if you can't really, truly, authentically, like, see how amazing your partner is without their meditation routine or without their, you know, high-end personal development formula that you have, like, you know, that's not fair because you're missing out on the, the whole person. And I totally get that. I mean, I, I was in a point in my relationship where I was sort of feeling like, I'm like, all right, you know, I've done like 10 years of personal development, like time for you to go to therapy. And there was a part of it that, you know, I thought it was important that, you know, we were both developing and having the language, but I realized that it, there was, you know, this part of me that was coming from this like entitlement place. And I, 
when I notice that in myself, I have this sort of practice where, which is exactly what you just said, I'll look at all the ways that he's so amazing and how he's so much better at me than like all of these things, whether it's like in his life or his career. And I try to look for inspiration from him rather than like, why don't you learn all these things that I know? It's like, why don't you look at what you can learn on the other side? So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's so easy to get into that space of entitlement. And I think a good way to check ourselves is like, why do I think I know what's best for him? Like, maybe I should worry about myself. <laughs> you know, like, why am I thinking I know what he should do, what he should study, what class he should go to, whatever? Like, trust him. And if you don't trust, like, if you don't actually like the person he is today, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want him to be his potential because the potential of him is what you love, it's a different conversation, right? But, like, can you look at, the man he is today and appreciate that and you know build a life you love and feed into the passions and things that you love in your life and then when you you come together share with him oh i read this incredible book and i want to share this thing i i got from it and i feel so inspired about this um conversation i had with my mentor like share with him but then listen to what is exciting for him as well Yeah. Yeah. So good. And what I'm hearing when you say that is, you know, when we get in this place of like fixing someone or doing that, or, you know, whatever we're describing right now, it's such a beautiful escape of us. Instead of having to do our own work, we just, you know, force it on someone else. So when you were talking about that, you know, for us or whoever's listening for you to go, you know what, instead of trying to tell them what to do, or instead of trying to fix my partner, I'm just going to authentically share what I'm excited about. And I'm going to integrate and implement all these new tools I learned. And I'm going to meditate like that's vulnerable. And that's an up level. And that's a shift. And that's hard. But what's easy is to start going, you should do this, you should do that. So it's really a, you know, it's, it's noticing where are you taking the easy way out and and how can you actually, you know, step into what you want? Yeah, absolutely. And like, be patient with with your partner, you know, and and also be careful, like if you're creating more and more alignment in your own life, are you like separating from your partner? You know, like if you're going through an incredible program like yours, share with your partner what's exciting about that or what you're learning about yourself. Because I think we can also end up in this space where it's like, you don't even understand me. Like you don't even get me. But then again, how much have you shared about what you're experiencing and how you're transforming? So often we want to be seen, heard, understood, yet we're not sharing those more edgy, vulnerable parts of ourselves. Wow. That's so good. I mean, I've never thought of it that way. It, I, I just like got so much from that. And I, what I'm getting from this whole episode is like it is vulnerable and horrifying and scary to be yourself but when you do like you're opening yourself up to this great like I how do you even I mean you're opening yourself up to like love and that feeling I mean you can probably say it better than me like that feeling of actually yeah. Like what is that when you've actually been able to, like when you can actually open up to yourself and you decide I'm going to share with this instead of doing that, like, what does that give someone? I, cause I feel like there's some people listening to this who are like, that sounds great, but I'm not convinced because it's horrifying and scary to get there. Like, can you just share, like, what does that give someone when you're able to do that? Yeah. I feel like it's the biggest gift we can give ourselves. And I feel like it's true intimacy, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's that it's the truest feeling of belonging, of love, of acceptance. It's what we all deserve, but not many of us got as a child, as a baby, you know, from that, that pure love from our mom, that pure love from our father. And maybe our mother and father had the best intentions, but, you know, we kind of get all these patterns from them and then our relationships get all complicated. And that's what happens with our attachment is when we fall in love, our attachment ports from our 
parents to our partner and we start just like weirdly relating to them in this unconscious way as our as our parents like needing their love and so i think that's the biggest distinction like when we do this work we no longer need love validation reassurance like we don't need relationship from a place of i need you because that's how we rely on our parent as a child i need you for survival Mm. we're no longer relating to our partner in that way we're relating from a place of i'm so free that i'm so free to love you and you're free to love me and you are so free that you can leave and i will not die you know like i need you from for survival I choose you consciously from love. And I think that's like what we're all here to experience and to like transform into and to alchemize. It's like that feeling of just like pure choice. Like I choose you, I love you and I love me. (laughs) So beautiful. It's like pure love, belonging, safety, like all of what we actually want in this lifetime so beautiful I just like love you and I adore you and your work and you're so good at what you do and you're so brilliant and I'd love for you to share where people can find you or they can work with you because I'm sure people are listening to this episode and they're like oh my I could use some work (laughs) in my personal life and my relationship so yeah where can people connect with you Yes, I love connecting on Instagram. My Instagram is at Malia underscore Manning. That's where I'm like the most present. And I love just like chatting with my community there. I'm also on TikTok. It's kind of a new thing. But once that TikTok went viral, I was like, okay, I'm going to hang out here. (laughs) There's a lot going on here. So that's the same. It's I think it's at Malia underscore Manning. I'm not sure. You're like, I'm TikTok famous, but I don't know my handle. So (laughs) Gosh. And then, yeah, if you don't go to my Instagram, you'll go to just the link in the bio and you can find information about the mentorship that I run. I mentioned it's called Radiant Relationship Academy. Our next round will be opening probably at like end of February. We'll open for enrollment. And I run this about two or three times a year. And this is for women who are ready to do this work, who are ready to overcome these patterns and do that deeper somatic subconscious work. And attract the I call it your once in a lifetime love because that's like really what you get to experience going through this process you can also apply the process if you want to improve or strengthen or deepen your current relationship it's the same pathway it's the same principles so it can work either way and then I work with clients one-on-one as well so all that information you can just find on my Instagram and uh, yeah I'd love to connect Awesome. So beautiful. Well, I hope that you guys got so much out of this episode. I know that I did. And it was just such an honor to sit with you. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.